Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right. Absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 758th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who is spreading seeds in his local community. We're talking with John the Farmer Larson about seed sharing in Seattle. John is a husband and father that to this day, cannot keep a houseplant alive. Initially inspired by Ron Finley's TED Talk and urban farmer Curtis Stone, in 2018, John and his wife Dawn manifested John the Farmer, Urban Farmer. The business grew organically from three small backyard locations to 20 locations in the city of Seattle. John the Farmer has grown to serve 30 households with weekly CSA shares and contributions to food banks all while supporting small farmers with connection and distribution. But the love is in the encouraging of home gardeners to become part of their own food revolution by participating in the programs like the Great American Seed Up. John and Don now grow nutrient-dense produce with organic principles and sustainability at its core on a quarter-acre farm on the outskirts of Seattle. Welcome to the show today, John. Are you ready to rock seeds? Hi, Greg. Yes, I am. Let's get awesome. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Sure. Love to start with growing up on a farm, probably from age one to 10. I uh, grew up on a dairy farm out in Monroe, Washington. Left home when I was 18, decided to travel, moved to the Virgin Islands. Wow. And yeah, big change. I needed more sun in my life. <laughs> Bartended for about eight years as a first kind of career, moved to different locations. I lived in Rhode Island, Colorado, Key West. I went through Central America. I like exploring and meeting new people. I married a city girl back in, I don't know, it's been 16 years now, so whatever that math is. Wow, congratulations. Uh, yeah, she's awesome, Dawn. I have two kids and basically got into farming or growing food in 2017. Uh, just kind of career change, wanted to learn more about where my food came from. Once you have children, you start to really assess right. what, what you're feeding them. What was the kernel of starting your own farm? 
I was at a preschool co-op with my daughter and we served them food and someone put out some Cheerios for everyone to snack on. Oops. Yeah. As a parent, I didn't know. As soon as a kid starts teething, right? They What do you want to do is give them some Cheerios, something easy, convenient, small. That's poison. That's one of the most GMO Roundup sprayed crops out there. What are we doing to our children at that age? We're in the system of monocropping, of big corporations growing food for you. They're not doing it for the health of the consumer. It's for production. It's for profit. Yeah, yeah. quite simply. So I thought I could do better. Nice. And so in your bio, we talked about a CSA. For our listeners that don't know what that is, can you tell us what a CSA is? In short, it's community-supported agriculture. I think it can take various forms and shapes, but in my case, we started growing food and converted a lawn to a couple of garden beds. Oh, nice. So we put out a Facebook post about, does anyone have a garden or a lawn space that they want to convert to a garden in exchange for vegetables? You know, mm -hmm. the initial push was, I want to grow healthy food for my family. I had a little parking strip that just was not viable to grow anything. I got an answer 15 minutes later. Yeah, you can convert my lawn. Really? And again, I don't have any experience keeping a house plant alive. I think I have a Christmas cactus around here somewhere that I can't kill. So I had to learn quickly. I think Monday I was scheduled to start. I put it out the ad on Sunday and the next day. Yeah, come convert it. All right, how do I do it? Lasagna gardening, right? Oh, very good. So we started with sheet mulching with some cardboard, flipped the lawn over, added some nutrients, some compost basically, and I covered it with wood chips. We let it rest for a little bit and boom, the soil was ready to go. We put in some seeds, transplants, and it took off, literally took off. She, the homeowner, the landowner, we call him, had such a great experience with it. She referred me to a friend and that friend happened to have an Italian plum tree and some bamboo as well as a few garden beds that she wasn't using anymore and didn't have the time for. All right, bamboo, that makes good trellises, I hear. Started building tomato trellises, teepees for beans and peas. Then I realized, okay, I'm winging it here. Let's find some knowledge. And actually, I want to give a shout out to you and your podcast. That's, I was inspired by several people, but you actually provided a platform for me to learn. And I'm out there gardening, growing stuff. And I listen to so many different podcasts from vermicomposting to mm -hmm. culture principles to feeding your soil and microbial life, seed saving. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I really, the first year was three gardens. The next year it was seven. Then it became so much food out there. We, were, we started donating to food banks. And again, initially it was for the family. I would split with the homeowner and we would eat our share. And it became so abundant that I realized, hey, I could, we could sell this. We could sell some of this stuff. And we started by selling $6 bags of lettuce. <laughs> I would deliver. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're small. And the next year, we're up to 19 yards. And what became a focus was what we were going, my daughter was going through preschool and into kindergarten. And you talk to more parents and they're really interested in, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm an urban farmer. I'm growing food. Oh, well, I would love to do that. How do I do that? I'm afraid. I don't know how to do that. Where would I start? Do you have a yard? Sure. Can you come show my kids how to do this? Yeah, come on. And I wasn't charging anything. I was just, I thought of it as a grand experiment, right? I sped up my learning curve by having 20 different yards, 20 different microclimates, sun mm -hmm. exposures, growing conditions. 
So it was really like an intensive educational course for me. Trial by fire. Trial by fire. And the first question is, what do you like to eat? All right. Yep. I'll grow three things you like to eat and three things I think I can grow enough to sell. And then we split it 40, 40, 20. So 40% of the food harvested would go to our family, 40% for the homeowner. And then we allocated 20% for a local food bank and wow. started forming a relationship there. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just grown. We have over 30 people. Plus there's a wait list for our fresh list. 30 established gardens and consumers of our CSA product. And a lot of them are people that I had set up gardens for that not everything's successful the first time. So if you're planting kale and it doesn't grow, then you get frustrated or you're planting beans and the slugs get it, you get a little frustrated. My approach was plant a lot of things, see what nature is going to let grow and thrive and then build up. I had a garden that was leeks, grew abundant leeks, great leeks. Not so much on the tomatoes, but I had another couple of gardens that grew great tomatoes. One, one garden grew great peppers. I tried, I treated it as a big experiment. And, you know, there's something to, to seeing a little kid who has no exposure to a garden eat a snap pea, sugar snap pea off the vine. Yep. Sitting in your little pea teepee. Or showing them that, hey, you know that, see that flower over there? It's edible. You can eat that. What? <laughs> see them. Particularly, we like to plant potatoes. First thing we do is dig a hole, let the kids dig a hole, get involved, put a potato in there, put some compost. It's a great, healthy, sturdy looking plant, flowers beautifully. And then the best part is you get to rip it up <laughs> and pull out these potatoes and kids just get involved in it. My whole, my daughter is a huge fan of just getting dirty and loving, nice. loving to be active in it. So a CSA, that's community supported agriculture. And what does your CSA look like? How does it work? We do a direct delivery. Basically, I ask people what they like to eat and I try to grow it. I partner with a couple small farms that are a few miles out from our location. One thing I have learned is it's hard to grow food for a living. <laughs> I'm almost at a packing capacity with these farms. There's there are organizations out there that will buy wholesale and redistribute. I will buy, again, so it's on a larger scale than the community garden. This guy's growing great peppers. I'll buy these. I'll let my consumers know that, hey, this is coming from Mike down in Auburn. and his He grows on awesome peppers. We're going to add you to it. We partner with a beekeeper, Rainy Day Bees, up in Seattle. He grows locally different regions of where he has hives in different parts of the city. And they all have different flavors. The honey has a different flavor because of different pollination and different flowers. We partner with a local pasta maker, a woman-owned business who makes handmade pastas. We're building a community of producers. And we've established this network of people interested in eating healthier food, connecting with their community. And we put out emails every week. This is what's coming. Nice. I personally deliver it. We've grown. We moved out about an hour outside of Seattle. I have my son and I built a 24 by 60 foot greenhouse. Wow. We're working on a quarter acre land now. I'm planting fruit trees, berries with the future in mind. But I really miss educating the kids and like showing them how, where their food comes from. All right. So... 2017, prior to that, what did you do for a living? First career was traveling, was a bartender, worked in service. All right. I moved back to Seattle and decided to get some formal schooling. Went through a marine carpentry program 
and was a wood construction on yachts, did some metal fabrication. Wow. Um, it was good. It was interesting. It was challenging, but I became dissatisfied with the industry. One particular instance, I saw a guy pour battery acid right down the drain. Oh, Lord. It fed directly into the Puget Sound, basically. Yeah. And there was no hesitation, no... Consciousness no, around Yeah, it. no remorse, nothing. And I was like, yeah, that's a bad feeling. And then I think the last straw for me was working on this mega yacht. It was like a 300-foot yacht. And the entertainment room, we were tasked with putting in a big drop-down movie screen, 14-foot wide. The walls were upholstered with stingray bellies, two foot by two foot bellies of stingrays. And they're woven together just to wow. be something, I don't know. But I drive home and I drive by people living in tents and I knew at my kids' school, there were kids going hungry. It wasn't equating with what my values were. Yeah. My wife and I were both working full-time jobs. We had a nanny. We were on the treadmill of life grind and that's when I decided to become a full-time dad and then that actually led into growing food I want to be more conscious of what we're putting in into their yeah. bodies wow so all of you listeners out there that are enjoying this conversation you can do it too yeah you know? totally. I, I started with a shovel five gallon buckets and intention that's it and I think having lots of podcasts, lots of YouTube videos before I, I was afraid to start. And actually, again, Greg, your podcast motivated me to actually take action. So it's a taking, it's one thing to have knowledge, but unless you actually do with that knowledge, you, you learn, you, you can become proficient at it, but you have to do it. You can't just read about it. You can't just listen to it. Yeah. You actually to know it, you have to grow it. And I don't farm any better than anybody else, but I'm not afraid to put stuff in the dirt. I mean, it's, it's magical. Right. And you're doing one, one thing that is really important is you're spreading it. You're building community around it. You're building a community of growers. You're connecting them with the people that purchase your CASA boxes. This collaboration and growing in cities, I believe, is the, with a capital T, solution to our global food problem that's we it. have to work together yeah it's a direct tangible action that you can take to improve the life of your not only yourself your health your community your neighbors your family and actually it, again that leads me back to your podcast I, we partnered with the great american seed Up. so i had these 20 gardens i was supplying the seeds and the plants it became very expensive stumbled upon your program and so we started using your seeds for our gardens and wow. encourage people to save them, save your seeds, the best plant that, that takes off, let it go, right. let it go, save that seed. And now that I'm not growing as in many gardens as before, these landowners still want to grow food. They're still interested in it. So we purchase seeds from you or from the Great American Seed Up. I take about a week and I repackage them. <laughs> I, I portion them, I say. Yeah, and we send them out. I actually deliver those in person to our participants. We haven't yet got a group seat up at our house, or uh -huh. our farm, but that's the intention. But people are excited. They're so excited. The emails and just to be involved in it, and it's the non-GMO 
heirloom seeds that yeah it's huge it's a great deal so the great american seed up just for my listeners that don't know is a company that i own with bill and bell and janice and the four of us we do a yearly in-person scoop your own seed bulk buy event in phoenix and when covid hit we put it online and built a box called the seed up in a box so you can do your own and basically the premise behind it is that we sell bulk seeds the bags and the cards and you do the scooping because the biggest cost of buying seeds is the packaging and the marketing and the shipping. So basically we put together a bulk seed buy for you and you've had good luck with that. And the, tell me about your, more of your experiences around that. Well, we encourage people to give them away, plant what you like to eat. And if there's excess seeds, maybe you're not into a, a bell pepper or Share it with your neighbors. Give them as gifts, little packets as gifts. They're packaged nicely. Give them to your kids. We like to give them to our teachers. We have a, yes. how many coffee cups can you have? Give your teachers a bundle of seeds, a variety, and it makes their day. You know, and you could even do fundraisers at schools with them. Fundraisers are possible. For me personally, it helps pay for my seed costs at the beginning of the year. Right. And it engages the audience. It engages the consumers, the producers. And that's what it's all about. It's like you said grow food you're spreading the seed through the community and it's not you're my customer you're my customer no i want you to grow food you eat better you feel better you contribute to society you feel everyone's better it's a simple process yeah there's so much nasty food out there that (laughs) so you've been doing this now for almost coming up on seven years was there something that happened along the way where you thought to yourself oh my gosh this is why I'm doing what I'm doing because it was so epic. Yeah, several times. I think the first one, the first garden I had, once in, everything was in full bloom, the homeowner, the landowner pulled me aside and looked me right in the eyes. He said, you've changed my life. <laughs> and here I was just selfish and it really hit my heart. Yeah, it just hit my heart. I got that. She was out there and she'd go out in the morning and have her tea or coffee and watch the hummingbirds and the wildlife come in, eat her little cherry tomatoes and her cucumbers. She loved cucumbers, had a kale salad. Her health, you could see it improve. Like literally you are what you eat, right? So when you're eating a nutrient dense food. You don't have to eat as much, right? Your body gets what it needs, right? You just feel better. And when someone tells you that, looks you right in the eye and say, you've changed their life. Like I've done all kinds of things in my life for work. And that's something very powerful. Then you realize if I can change your life, there's other people's lives I can change. And I began to feel better as well, eating more. And yeah, I mean, there's many experiences like that. Yeah. I think that was the most powerful because it was the first and it encouraged me to keep going. Cool. And your market garden masterclass, you have a class that you give? I don't. No, I don't give it. It was uh, Jean-Martin Fortier. He's a market gardener. Oh, yes. Quebec, right. So I'm growing this food and I still don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but I put out there to our community, hey, I want to educate myself and want to get some really formal education. Every, the community collaborated and they helped pay for this masterclass. It was a couple thousand dollars. 
And that was another instance where, okay, I'm questioning if I should keep going, but people are interested in seeing me succeed, right? Right. So boost me up and, and and help further my experience and my education, speed up the process. So I don't have a master class. At some point, maybe we'll show people how to convert a lawn into a garden. But that also leads into we had a, a the same thing with our greenhouse. We had a, we got a grant from Fairlife to to build a greenhouse. There's Every time I kind of hit a wall, something comes along and boosts me. Janice is the manager around the urban farm. You talk to her and when stuff like that happens, she calls it the garden gods. Yeah. Garden gods aligned to help. It's amazing. Yeah. The universe is out there and it wants to further your dream. If you have passion, you have some integrity and some knowledge, people will support it. I think that really shows there's a need in the community to connect, especially with COVID. Everyone's been traumatized in a certain form and there's nothing better than getting out in the soil, help build your immune system, especially if you can do it in the front yard. When I was farming in the city, I would wear a straw hat and these overalls. And one day mom was pushing her kid down the street in the stroller and the little boy said, is that a farmer? And she said, oh, that's, and I was like, yeah, I'm a farmer. I'm an urban farmer. I'm farming food in the city. I'm growing food. You want a little tomato? And so you're engaging, you're seeing flowers and stuff just produce. And people are, if you want to meet neighbors, get some seeds, throw them in the ground and just get out there and work. People come up and talk to you and everyone has an opinion and advice and a memory. A lot of people have childhood memories of eating food. My mom grew huge zucchinis. Right. Huge zucchinis, snapping string beans. Didn't like it. But it's a memory I have connected to my mother, and it's something that I wanted to provide for my children. And yeah, we formed those, and it's great. Nice. And farming in other people's yards, what kind of barriers did you run into doing that? First, it's a, it's really intimate. You're in someone's yard. You're, you want to produce. You want to have a demonstrable effect on production, right? You're going to spend a half a day in someone's yard. You need to show that there's results and you're not just going around. Lots of conversations. We, again, it was really a peak of it was in the middle of COVID. People have been confined to their homes. I thought it was very important to expand and give people a reason to be out and again, build your immunity, get in the soil like and connect. We kept our distance and we had to go through all that, the protocols, but I just learned that people want to talk People want to share their experiences and stories and they want to connect. As far as barriers, microclimates, every plot is different. Whether it's wind exposure, sun exposure, some soil is not great. Some people have been growing for, had a a garden she's been growing for 40 years. They know what they're doing, can tell, but maybe they're running out of energy. So we tried to connect people with knowledge and experience and energy. But there are some, it's hard to grow. You have to be attentive in someone's yard and a lot of them were small scales i was just taking whatever i could get at the time you got a couple of garden beds you're not using sweet i want to plant you have a yard let's flip it over i enjoy it i would love to do it on a larger scale i have dreams of johnny appleseed yeah. i love it. i love to travel the country and build gardens for people and let them you know literally build the garden small start small and let them connect with their community their neighbors and people will rally around that. i think it's wow uh, that's Maybe it's in the future. Who knows? Do you have a website that you share all this on? 
We do. Got a couple of things, Instagram. You want all the stuff now or you just want the web? Yeah. Johnthefarmer.com. You can check that out. Pretty easy. J-O-N-T-H-E-F-A-R-M-E-R.com. I have Instagram and we're on Facebook and we have all that stuff. Awesome. Thanks for, thank you. Thank you for that. It's the you and I's of the world that we want to put it out there to people and let them start nibbling and start small and like that. So you rock, man. Thank you. And it is, it takes, it's going to take, I don't know. You could have a couple thousand of us in the cities. Right. I do have Instagram and stuff. I'd like to get out there at some point, whether we do it now or later, it's up to you. Greg. Yeah, sure. What's your Instagram <laughs> account? Uh, Instagram is John the Farmer Seattle. How nice. Facebook, yep. Facebook is John the Farmer 74. And again, the website is johnthefarmer.com. And email is johnthefarmer at outlook.com. There you Keep go. Keep it simple. I know what I'm doing. I'm growing food. <laughs> awesome. And for anybody thinking about seed distribution, given that's one of the things we do here to pay the rent and stuff, what is your advice on a seed event? On a seed event, obviously get bulk seeds from Great American Seed Up. Just reach out, put it out there through Instagram. Now it's social media. Just put it out there. We, we do a virtual event. We just let people know they're coming. This is what's happening. I'll deliver it to you. Nice. Who would like to, who would like to start their adventure? Yeah. What I really like to say is think about who grows your food. Yeah. Who grows your food? Do you trust a corporation to grow it well? If you're growing it yourself, you're using non-GMO heirloom seeds, but it's got a good history and you can control what the nutrients are. You can control the fertilizers, if you're using chemicals or not. Like it's very important. It's up to um, you. You get to figure it out and that way you know what's in your food. What's in your food? It's grown with intention and integrity, but I say just go for it. Order a bundle, split it up and share it. Again, it makes great gifts for teachers community organizers, any, anybody really. You got someone down the street who has a garden bed, give them some seeds, connect with your mm -hmm. neighbor. Hey, I got these extra seeds. Cool. It's simple. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for that. So I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might've learned from it. My failure list is like a scroll. If you want to really open it up, I think changing my career from being in the marine industry to farming. I mean, that, I think that was a failure for me is I went to school and it, this is the career I chose and it didn't work out for me. That was a tough one. Becoming a full-time dad, that that's how I overcame it. And getting through that mental process, growing a garden. That's it. That helped me. It helps with my stress. I helped uh, communicating with my wife. We created this business. I'm partnering with my wife on something that is, is powerful. It's really changing a little part of the world, but it's actually changing the world. It's just a step. And in a more of a general garden sense, last year I had a whole row of radishes bolt. Ah, oh, I lost my radish crop. Radish make tasty pods and flowers. So I started organizing edible bouquets with my mustard greens that bolted. Oh, nice. Arugula. So you had arugula, radish, and mustard green flowers. Hey, here's a nice little bouquet. You can eat them. People pop them in, add them to salads. Once the flower stage is gone, it's radish pods. And those are awesome. You can They're like a little snap, zesty. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're eating the radish seed pods? Oh, yeah. And wow. people are clamoring for them. They're asking for them again. Hey, you got radish pods this year? Like, oh, <laughs> sure. 
I can grow a mean radish pod. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I have been growing food for almost 50 years and I've never heard that one. Yeah, man. Put them in your salad. You want to get them before they, they turn into a brown. Yeah. Seed. Get them um, when they're young. Nice and plump. They're juicy. Put them in a stir fry and a salad. My wife, Dawn, loves them. I'm like, wow. That's her. That's how I get her in the garden. She gets to harvest the radish pods. All right. That's a that's an epic there for sure. Yeah. What do you consider your biggest success? Without hesitation, Mary and Dawn, my wife, my two children, they're awesome. And again, it's the John the Farmer, Urban Farmer. Sometimes I question whether I should call myself a farmer. You know, I grew up on a farm and the big farms, they look at me like they either love it or they hate it, right? But I'm growing food, I'm producing food. I am a farmer. Right. You're growing food and sharing it. That's what I tell people all the time. Yeah. You want to be a farmer, call yourself a farmer, grow food, share it. And yeah. then name your farm. Claim it. Yeah. You know, what? that's the one thing. So we had all these different growing areas, all these different plots. So I didn't really have, felt like I could name the farm itself. I uh, partnered with other farms, but now that we have, we've moved into this place last year. I've got a couple ideas. It's a democracy here. You got to get approval. But we do have a peekaboo view of Mount Rainier. So oh, nice. There's a little hint. hint of you that. mentioned your greenhouse again. I want you to tell me about it. What kind did you get? And did you build it yourself? We did. I bought it as a kit from Outfit in Arkansas. It's an NCRS compliant greenhouse, meaning it, it's structurally not going to collapse. And it's a, just a big, giant hoop house. One thing I I like to experiment. I like to do stuff that's a little different. I I like horticulture. I like Hugel culture. As I was laying out the footprint, I dug out four foot deep channels and I've lined it, basically turned it into a climate battery, lined it with six inch perforated pipe, probably a couple thousand feet. And basically I pumped the hot air out in the summer down through the soil and it cools. Ambient soil temperature is about 50, 55 degrees. So it keeps it cool during the summer. And in the wintertime, I reverse it, pull up the colder air or the 55 degree air, which is warmer than the 30s, 40s, whatever it is here. And so it gets me a little jump on the season, but I took it one step further. I lined the beds or the trenches with twigs and logs and uh, branches, leaf matter. Yep. So it's a little Hugo culture underneath this climate battery. It's supposed to be a double insulated greenhouse, but had such a hard time putting the first level of poly on it blew over the neighbor's fence like three times punctured it like uh, it's never going to be airtight so we'll wait till it deteriorates and we'll put another couple layers on it but wow it's 24 by 60 foot my 13 year old son he's 14 now we built it a uh, little nice. by little step by step got to teach him some geometry how you lay out squares and all that stuff yeah it's awesome awesome and what drives you I think at the essence is I had a farmer early on when I started this, he looked at, again, he looked at me and said, who grows your food? And as I, I referred to it earlier, but as I sat there and stumbled in you know, Costco, Safeway, I don't know, some corporation. <laughs> yeah, really, who grows your food? That That is what motivates me. And then having children, my wife, like it's I'll take it a step further. My grandfather and father both had heart attacks. They're not with us anymore. Mm -hmm. My father passed away when he was 56, 57. I'm 48. For me, the clock's ticking. I want to make memories with my kids. I yeah. needed to change something. Being here for my children to see them grow, living a full, healthy life. That's what motivates me. 
Yeah, yeah. cool. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? It's The Curious Garden by Peter Brown. Curious Garden. You have children, you have grandkids. This is the book for you. Nice. It's about, it's about this little boy, Liam, who sees a little patch of wildflowers growing up on this abandoned railroad track in Manhattan or in any city, basically. But it's based on the High Line in New York City. And he... He takes it upon himself to water the garden and care for it a little bit. He saw that it needed a gardener and it was his own little journey of self-discovery. And he started connecting, next thing you know, connecting with the community. Next thing you know, he had other people tending to little patches in this garden. <laughs> in the back of the book, there's a really beautiful illustration of this. I don't know if you can see it or not, but so many different varieties, urban gardens, spots. And I used to sit there with my kids and say, oh, which garden would you like to grow? What would yours look like? And it gets them, it got them thinking about food, where it can actually grow, how much of a difference one boy can make in this world. And it starts, starts in the smallest little spot. It's kind of a metaphor for plant a seed, nurture it, see it grow. Nice. Curious Garden by who? Peter Brown. Peter oh. Brown. I can't walk past this. Curious Garden and Curious George. Is there any correlation? No correlation, no no, correlation okay. but other than curiosity, right? Yeah, and there you, you go. You can raise children to be curious and do some exploring and researching. You're well on your way. Let them learn how to explore and discover things. And again, that curiosity. Like I've been a lifelong learner. I've found different things that stimulate me at different times in my life. I wish I knew about gardening and far, a little more farming when I was younger. I would have had a different path. We're trying to make up for it now, but definitely the curious garden. Oh, you're definitely making up for it from what I can see. Thank you. And what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? I'd say just go for it. If you don't take action, nothing's going to happen. Be brave. You want to move across the country? Do it. Don't be afraid. There's reasons to not do anything. You can always come up with that. But be adventurous. Life is for living. Just go for it. Plant some seeds. Watch it grow. Watch the magic happen. The Mother nature is infinitely more complex than we can realize. So plant some seeds. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, John. Very welcome. Thanks for having me, Greg. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And remind us where we can find you at. All the places we can find you at. All the places. Oh, boy. John the Farmer at Outlook.com is the email. John the Farmer Seattle is the Instagram. John the Farmer 74 is the Facebook and website JohnTheFarmer.com. And that's J-O-N. Thank you very much. Perfect. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash John the Farmer. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. 
If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.